Welcome to Fright School. One man's willing descent into the dark abyss that lives at the heart of the American horror film. Over the next few weeks, I, Joshua Napier, am going to play horror Sherpa to Joe Farron's journey to the mountains of madness. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Welcome. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. <laughs> How you doing? I am. I'm good. A little tired. I'm feeling tired. Feeling tired. Long well, night. Long night. We're, we're, we're going to talk about that. We sure. <laughs> we sure better. Uh, but first, I want to say, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for today's episode. So many reasons. One of them right now is that we. Upgraded our equipment a little bit, so <laughs> so I just I I love all of you that are out there listening. I I hope that you enjoyed the first three episodes of Fright School. We did have some uh, sound issues uh, because I did not have my own set of like monitor um, headphones, so I couldn't really hear my voice. So I would just like lean back, and you can't hear me. And I'm just all over the place with the microphone like that, and I couldn't hear it. So now I can. So now I can correct that. I can self-correct. <laughs> he, he can hear it. We upgraded. Let me, let me upgrade you. Oh. Beyonce, it's gay already. We're not even five minutes we in. We haven't even gotten to anything, and we're already doing it. We that. haven't even it's talked awesome. about Anthony Perkins. Right? Oh, my gosh. We are talking about Psycho today. I'm so excited. But first, we have our... Current events, what's happening in the world, what's going on, what's happening with us. We, You're tired because we watched American Horror Story, Roanoke, Roanoke. <laughs> last night. They're big twists. Yes, we are. We are speaking to you from the past. Yes, I think we've, we, we've established that. So <laughs> last night was episode six, the big twist, twisty. <laughs> Ooh, but twisty, twisty. Didn't, twisty didn't show up. He didn't show up. That would have been a twist. Spoiler <laughs> alert. So if you are not caught up, uh, on American Horror Story. Too bad. Too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God, I love that. We're yeah. going to do that from now on because every <laughs> other podcast I listen to, it's all like, skip ahead, and we're like, no, too bad. Yeah, too Fuck bad. You. Sorry. You're, you know, we're weeks, you know, behind you. So we right now, like, you're listening to this from the past. You should have been caught up if you wanted to be. That's like people who are like, oh, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, on a movie that's like 10 years old. Like, no, that's ridiculous. Sorry. Yeah. You're... No. Hey, uh, everybody. <laughs> Luke is Darth Vader's son, or vice oh versa. Oh, gosh. Like, I love that. It's like, don't... Sp <laughs> don't spoiler alert for spoiler things that alert. happened a long time ago. Like, no, watch the fucking shit. All right, yeah. so... Anyways, Rona Horror Story. What did you think? So you're, you're, the, you're the professor. You're the teacher. So what did you, <laughs> what did you think? Because I was, <sighs> you know, in RuPaul Drag Race parlance, I was gagged. <laughs> it was gagged? I was gagged. It was the crack mm. of the century. Yeah. I was gagged. I... I love this season. I really do. I think they're doing a great job. You know, I mean, I've always been the kind of person who's like contended, like, you know, it's it's a great show no matter what they do. I, I you know, I just take it every year how it comes. Uh, but this year in particular, I'm really loving what they're doing. I love how meta it got last night. Yes. I mean, American Horror Story really has like just become so huge. You know, I mean, they really jump, you know, like gave Jessica Lang's 
you know career new life uh they've launched uh, you know evan peters and and um and sarah paulson you know into like the stratosphere of like pop culture-ness uh yeah you know i i just think they do such you know such a cool lily rabe i you know i i think you know but yeah you know it's like i think they have just done such a great job of like kind of permeating culture i mean you know they kind of brought like stevie nicks even to like a whole you know new generation of people which is kind of ludicrous because she's stevie nicks but now all these like you know young people i went to see fleetwood mac and she was like oh my gosh i, I you know they did their song seven wonders yeah 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 and she was all like um I just have to thank like American Horror Story and like all these kids know who I am now, you know. So anyways, my point is, is that they've become such a huge pop culture phenomenon over the last five years, six years that this season is able to comment on all of that. Yeah, such a fun way. And I think that that's what they did last night was they made they suddenly switched it and made it just so meta, you know, about like the actors. And there were like in jokes that were kind of like, oh, they're totally like talking about like their own cultural uh, contribution but also like reality television and like the ludicrous like ridiculousness of it yeah absolutely you know? and I've read a lot of stuff you know from like you know reality uh, TV personalities probably you know scorned people but that kind of talk about like how vicious and how they will really do anything to get like drama going yeah. you know um, that's why it's like I don't believe RuPaul all the time with like oh well that's just how it is like whatever you all like are in yeah. there stirring the pot you pick people who deliberately like Big Brother or well not <laughs> Big Brother is probably not a good um, but like there's other stuff where they clearly pick people who, yeah. don't, who are going to conflict and yeah. they're not going to like each other because th- that's what people want to watch and that's sort of what I think they did last night. People, we really want to come together and participate in like just the humiliation of people and that's kind of what they did. With yeah, he's like, night. no, it, we, we've done, we told the story already, now yeah. we want to see real people and it was awesome because I felt like Cheyenne Jackson did a really great job of being like this hyper... <laughs> like hyper realized caricature of Ryan Murphy to, yeah. c- to a certain extent. Um, oh be- no, I have no doubt that's probably a lot like him. He just seems to me like a dickhead. But yeah. I mean, you <laughs> know, love is vision. Whatever he can, you know. We love you. Yeah, come but on the show. He just comes off like <laughs> I just ruined that. Sorry, <laughs> but, sorry, Joe. But so speaking <laughs> of, so this is not horror related. So I'm just disclaimer: if you're only are here for the horror or whatever, but. The TV show on Lifetime, Unreal, is really good because Unreal is about the first season of Unreal takes place in like this bachelor type dating show. And it features a disgraced producer coming back to work for the show. And she's like the best producer that ever was because she knew how to like make the moments happen that they needed to create the to create the, the narrative oh, okay, exactly yeah. so like if if that's you would love that you would love unreal it's on hulu um second season right now is uh finishing up on lifetime but it is a very great show i haven't finished the first season because i have it all downloaded on my phone and i watch it when i go on plane rides so that's how it you know, or when I fly, I should plane rides like I'm a child. <laughs> uh, like when I fly, so that way I, you know, can keep track of time that way and how often I get through Unreal. So halfway already through the first season, but it is very, very good. But yes, the the twist was really great. Um, one thing that we always do, uh, or at least I do every single Thursday after American Horror Story is look up Price Peterson on Yahoo. And I didn't do that today. He it was so good. It was so funny. Yeah. So Price Peterson is this. I'm uh, look it up right now while you're talking. Price Peterson is this <laughs> author <laughs> or uh, author writer, more like writer. He's this writer blogger. He does recaps of uh, TV shows and he does American Horror Story, Empire, 
Uh, he does How to Get Away with Murder. But what's awesome is that he does screen captures and then, like, memes them. And he does, like, visual recaps. And they are freaking hilarious. Yeah, the, con- the, the um, like, the quotes he puts on it are just hysterical. I love the one... Uh, that he did with Coven where it was like when they um, Cordelia was like, you know, we have to kill my mother. And it's like, she's like, let's kill everybody. <laughs> it's like, it's so good. Her eyes are all like blinded, gouged out or whatever. It's just, it's so good. Or like when someone, or like when someone gets, uh, when someone gets shanked, it's always like Sproink or. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm dying. I hate TBH. you with an eight H eight. I hate you by the way. It's like, uh, Hey, you up. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's it, so good. So it was He's really so great. Funny. So funny. Price, come on the show. Oh, yes, please. Please come on the show. <laughs> Sorry, I'm adjusting. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's your home. Do what, do what you like. We have cats here, too. We do. Oh, my gosh. Hemlock and Lilium, my two Sphinx cats. I have hairless cats because I'm creepy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, like, jumping up trying to, like, bite my hand. They want to play, and they need to Are they literally it. biting the hand that feeds they them? They are. Well, he's, like, look at him. He's, like, hold, grabbing onto me. Yeah, he, like, I'm always <sighs> weary about them. You're always, like, push them away, and I never push cats away because the one time I, like, did that, it, like, not your cats, but another person's cat sunk its claws into my thigh, and I was like, "It was, it, it was, it looked like I was being clawed from it just, Satan." It just wanted you to be in touch with that side of yes. yourself. Yes. Oh, he! Oh God, he did it. He just did. Oh it my now. gosh, he's just climbing he's, up on he's you. He's climbing just on me now. Just push him down. Him no, lock. <laughs> I'm not going to push him down. So I can bad. feel the claws. I don't like it. <laughs> All right. We're going to try to get him okay. Okay. There Sorry, we this go. has nothing to do with the subject matter. Anyway. But there's Sphinx cats. cats, so they're creepy. Yeah. You can look on our uh, Instagram and our, our our Twitter and stuff. We'll post photos of it. Oh, yeah. So we're. With horrors. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to post photos of where we record because it's really cool looking. And Josh was like, oh, I need to decorate it. And a uh, few years ago, we went to a book. We went to an author event uh, oh. where, <laughs> where, where Chuck Palahniuk was yeah. there. And. He like was throwing full size. It was around Halloween. And he was throwing like full size bags of candy. Yeah, it was during. Was that freak show? It was during. Yes, freak it was show. during freak show. Because yeah, I, I remember we. It was on a Wednesday night. And we had to come in in the middle of it. Yes, where yes. everybody there was like fifteen people in the house, and we all roll in. So he w- They were like throwing bags of candy, like. And I, because like Marcella, that's got right. Our friend Marcella got hit in the face with a bag of candy. I mean, his like book signings were insane. What book? What the hell was that book called? Beautiful people, uh, or um, it's right behind you, and I can't see the title. Uh, oh, beautiful. Be- I want to say beautiful stranger. Beautiful you. Beautiful you. That's right. It was like about sex toys or something. It was such a weird. It book. was yeah. It's uh, it's. I mean, he's so weird, and he read yeah. he read stuff that like haunts my dreams to this day. But yeah, so he was um tossing out all this free shit and one thing that he tossed out was a like a proper it was like a rubber prosthetic like a prosthetic arm that he signed yeah like it, it had his like cool signature on it and it was all bloodied and stuff and i caught one and josh was like i was like oh yeah i need to i said oh yeah i should probably find that and bring it over here and <laughs> what did you say you said like oh i'm just it. horrified that you can't fi- like for me that'd be like on our front table and as you walk in i'd be like yeah chuck Palahniuk like threw it at us i always thought his name was Palahniuk, but i i don't think that i think it's just like Palahniuk or something isn't I it think so. I, think I don't really know chuck you got to come on the show and tell us how to say your name yeah we want to know and how to so say we can talk about haunted because that book is really fucked up but well that's the whole other conversation but yeah no i was totally like 
I don't know, embarrassed for you. I don't know. I'm just so <laughs> mad. Like, I'm just like, I'm disappointed. Like, there's no way that that would be. Where did you say it is? In so a in a <laughs> garage. So to be to be there's quite honest, no way. the the reason why it's in the garage is because we had the carpets redone and it needed to have everything off the floor. So we had to move. What ours. was it doing on the floor? Well, it, everything. You just tossed it under your bed. It was not. I it wasn't just on. You the You shouldn't floor. have caught it in the first place. I should have. It's wrong. Oh god. <laughs> a- anyway. All you need to know <laughs> is that the carpets have to be redone. Shit needed to go into the garage. All you need to know is when Joe dies, he's leaving that arm to me. So, fo- <laughs> so folks, if if you see it here and uh, and I'm dead, <sighs> then um, I've given it to Joshua. I'm going to make you bring it here and just put it uh, with everything else. So, like, you know. We need to take, like, a gif of you, like, like slapping me with it. it. Or n- a memory. What the hell am I talking about? A museum. That's the word I'm looking for. Like I, like, I have, like, a horror museum going on. You know, so you should just bring it here. It's like your property, but I'm displaying it. (laughs) (laughs) It's on loan. I have a friend that has a bunch of really cool shit, too, that I'm like, you you shouldn't have this. Like, (laughs) I should have this. This should belong to me. It's so cool. Like, it uh, clearly belongs in my creepy, like, room, you know, where people can see it and appreciate it. But So it's like on loan from the private collection. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then one day I'll loan it out. So anyways. Listeners, if for some reason you in the next in the next few years you or in the future you hear that some parts of the Guillermo del Toro exhibit in at uh, at LACMA got stolen, come check Joshua's house because I'm sure. Yes, it should. You know be what? There. Yeah, if the, like the world ended, and I was the only person left. I probably would want to go steal stuff like that. Like I want to hang that in my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Anyways. Uh, so moving right along. Yeah. American Horror Story. A lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait to see how it all ends. Um, I kind of hope that Sarah Paulson's character is like faking a British accent. I just want there to be more because I was just kind of disappointed in her accent. But anyways, that's just me. I don't know. It didn't. F- yeah. Uh, that's so mean. And I love Sarah Paulson. We have the same birth date. We're like 10 years apart or something. But we have the same birth date. I love her. I don't w- I don't want to hate her accent. So I'm kind of hoping she's playing an actress who's faking. I think Being it's British. I think it's just it's an it's an affectation. It's 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 supposed to be. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's supposed to be kind of bad. So anyways. And then like so Price Peterson talks about that. He talks about her fake accent. Oh, everybody. Accent. Everybody was talking about that today. Oh, yeah, her Everything fake accent. Uh, Evan Peters is a hot ginger and um, a- Angela Bassett's shake and go wig. <laughs> it's just. Cause it's so I love awful. the way she looked last night. But, See, it was but like, that's where I don't know. I was like, hey, Ramona, <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> yeah, Sarah Paulson and I are exactly. She was born December 17th, 1974. I was born 84. Girl, we're like, we're like brother and sister. So come on, call me. Let's hang out. And I'll forgive you the accent. I just, I just want to get drunk with her. Because I've gone to like the Paley Fest a couple times with my friend Sally. Love you, Sally. Uh, we've gone and, we've, and I went to like Comic-Con and stuff. And she, but at like Paley Fest, she just like walks out. And I, I'm pretty sure she was drinking. And she was like just having herself a good old time. And she just seemed like such a fun time. Yes. I really want to hang out with her. But okay. So enough American Horror Story love for now. Unless you had anything else you wanted to say. Um, all, I'm going to make a prediction right now. I'm going to go on record and say that I think... I have two predictions for who survives because it's only supposed to be one person. Which by the survives. time this comes out isn't going to matter. But e- exactly. So I could be <laughs> you really might be vindicated. I could be we really have wrong. You have evidence right now that you said this first. Go exactly. Ahead. Or I could Go be really it. wrong. Don't you know? If you're on the social media, don't correct me. Right. Be gentle. No, they'll send hate mail. So okay. it's either <laughs> it's either going to come down to Shelby and Matt, mm-hmm. and it's going to se- look like Matt's going to be the one to survive, but then he dies and Shelby lives. Or it's going to be the vice versa. So I think it's either Shelby or Matt to survive. 
All right. Because I think I think uh, I think everyone else is gonna die. Absolutely, and I hope that Cheyenne Jackson character. Uh, gets oh, murdered. I wanted him to get murdered as soon as he showed up, started talking. I'm like, God, somebody kill him. Yeah. <sighs> Anyways, I do want to talk about another show that I've been uh, watching uh, that I really, really like a lot, and I hope they don't fuck it up. Um, it's Channel Zero on Sci-Fi. This Ooh. first episode uh, or this first season, I think it's it's. Um, what do you call it? Um, it's like miniseries. It's like a, um, a limited series. Yeah. Well, it's like anthology, sort of like oh, okay. uh, American Horror Story. Black Mirror. And yeah. So it's called the first season of six episodes. It's called Candle Cove. It's on sci-fi again. I'm watching it again. Here we are. Call back to that first episode. I watched American Horror Story for Jessica Lang. I'm watching that Exorcist show for Gina Davis. I watched... Um, Stranger Things for Winona Ryder. This one, Fiona Shaw. I fucking love her so much. And I'm like, sci-fi tricked Fiona Shaw into being on their on their network. Like, what the hell is she doing on sci-fi? S-Y-F-Y. Like, what the <laughs> hell? Like, this amazing British actress who's, like, just done incredible things. I mean, like, I hate – I loved her. Like, I mean, she's in the Harry Potter movies. That's how a lot of people are going to know her. So, okay, real quick. Thank you. For the people who have no clue who Fiona I'm like, Shaw is. For the listeners who can't see me, I'm, like, nodding my head like yeah. I know who this lady is. Yes. So it's who's Fiona Shaw? She was um, Aunt Petunia. Oh, shit. I yes. love her. And she was also Marnie the Witch in True Blood. That's season right. Season four. The best season. And oh, because of her, I just think she's an incredible yes. actress. She was in uh, Tem- uh, Temptation of Mary, like the stage play in New York that was like shut down by the religious, like, right? Like there was so much. I don't know. Anyways. She was in uh, Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> that is not helping. That's not helping I'll, my I'll, defense uh, of her career. I'll put right crickets now. in there. Yeah, we need crickets right there. Okay, so anyway. anyways, so I was like, "What, Fiona Shaw? I'm gonna watch that. It's probably gonna be terrible, but I'm gonna watch it." And it was really good. It's creepy and weird and kind. I mean, it made me even go like, "What the hell is going on here?" You know, like I watched it alone in my bedroom with like the lights off, and that's you know, I wasn't like, "Oh, I'm gonna stay up all night," but. But it was creepy. Like, it definitely, there was, like, a couple scenes where I was like, what is, what is this show? What is happening? Like, you know, trying to figure it out. And it's, it's good. I really can't wait for the next four episodes because I've seen the first two. And it's weird. There's, like, a weird child in it covered in teeth. It's weird puppet show, like the, you know, something out of, what is H.R. Huffin Puff or whatever, yeah. like, which is creepy. Okay. It's like, th- like, it's just you're doing a great job on telling on selling it to me why I will never watch. This right. <laughs> it was really cool. So anyways, I just kind of want to plug that. Because I'm not I at the right level of uh, mental of disturbed yet. Right. Psychologically. Yeah. Then I can they can like, warrant that. I, I thought it was great. I'm trying to figure out the other guy that's in it. You know, I feel bad because I, I really was only um, for Fiona Shaw. Yeah, I was really into it for Fiona Shaw. But there was another um, for fans of that sh- of. Parks and Recreation, which I love. I love Parks and Rec. Uh, the guy who played Leslie's like love interest in the first season, uh, Paul Schneider, is that his name? The actor or the character? I'm not familiar with Parks and Rec. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I thought you were. I thought you were like a big Amy Poehler fan or something. You just come off like you'd watch Parks and Rec. I, sorry. I do. <laughs> I do come off. So Parks and Rec and 30 Rock are two like network shows that I don't watch. 
Um, but like everyone thinks I watch it, so I just let them think that because I guess I want to seem cool. But um, <laughs> but I'm not sure Parks and Rec is the like the show that um exactly it's like it's like a Doctor Who. I'm like conversational in it, but I'm not like I don't speak fluently. I c- I know how to like walk into a restaurant and order in Doctor Who, but I don't know how to like have a meaningful conversation about life about it. But um but yeah. So you said anyway, so he's that guy that's in the first season that who plays like he, it's Leslie's like in love with him or something and thinks that like, you know, I guess they had sex once, like either they were drunk or whatever. But she's like got this thing like he's that's uh, Leslie Nope is um, Amy Poehler's character. OK. Anyways, it's that guy. I think he, I think his character's name was Mark or something. Anyways, he plays like the lead in this. And again, I was kind of like, well, I don't know if I really want to watch like that guy like lead a series. What does he look like? I don't I can't. I'm bad. Is he bald? No. Oh, okay. no, not bald. Um, no, Louis C.K. was also a love interest of hers. I mean, he's kind of bald, isn't he? Baldish? Yes. I don't know. He's also a ginger. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's a different guy who uh, was in like the first season or something of Parks and Rec. Maybe the first two seasons. Listeners, tweet know. at us if you're like yelling in your car right. and you know exactly who the actor is. Yeah. Well, tweet that's his us. name. His name is is Paul Schneider. Paul Schneider. Okay. Yeah, he was in the first two as Mark Brandanowitz. That's the name. Anyways, point is, it's a really cool show. I really recommend people watch it. Um, if you want to come and hang out at my house and watch it, hit me up. Because <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> I love that. Sorry, I needed a, a sip of beverage. Yes, tonight it is not red wine. It's not wine tonight. It's a it's a Jim Beam and Coke. It's a cocktail. It's a cocktail. Can you hear it, the ice? <laughs> Anyone that listened to the episode that of my podcast, Untitled Friendship Project, um, will know that uh, the ice clinking in the back, we can hear it, ice clinking in the background of Joshua's, uh, Joshua's episode. No, it was wine. It kept hitting because I kept setting it down on the table. Oh. So you kept hearing it. Oh, yes. Because yeah, I was drinking. Because um, you have to drink to be around Joe. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Yes. No, I just, you know, I worked a long day. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> that's what uh, alcoholics always say. No. <laughs> uh, so other thing to talk about. Oh, you wanted to talk about some movie trailers that are coming up. Yeah. So back on Trailer Park. So we're <laughs> come <laughs> welcome to Trailer Park. Uh, so movie trailers that I want to talk about. I want to talk about Get Out. Uh, Jordan Peele of Key and Peele wrote a wrote, and I think he might have directed wrote and directed a uh, horror movie that's going to be coming out uh, next February. I think on Valentine's Day. Uh, February 24th. February yeah. 24th. So not Valentine's Day, but February. Yeah. Um, just in time for Directed Black History Month. Directed and written by Jordan Peele, which uh, kind of, I mean, aren't they? He's known for like comedy. Isn't that exactly. Key and Peele? Yeah. Exactly. Which is awesome. So which I feel like I this, love that. this movie's going to have a lot of really great, like funny comedic moments, but it has Bradley Whitford in it, which um, is really interesting. Bla- Bradley Whitford, er, people might know him for playing uh, his character on. Um, Oh my God! I say I want to say Studio sixty in the Sunset Strip, but more people will know him from the West Wing. Like he's that guy. Oh yeah. Um, he was the villain in Billy Madison. Just in case anyone else needs. Yeah. So Eric Gordon. Bradley Whitford's in it. Oh, um, that's the character name. You have, um, and then it's like, it it feels like it's a horror. It's a horror movie that's going to have like these racial overtones, like these really, like really noticeable racial overtones. So I'm very very curious. The the trailer looks so freaking freaky and i'm at the point now where when i see trailers for scary movies i'm like want to watch it want to watch it used to be i could sit there and be like nope doesn't interest me at all but now i'm just so i'm so like 
opened up to the idea of like being in suspense and mm-hmm. having the and having that moment that I That's want awesome. to watch it. So <laughs> so get out. Uh, last night when we were watching American Horror Story, we don't like being sold to, so we always fast forward. Um, <laughs> don't sell to us. But we came across this really great trailer for a movie that I think they might have just released that trailer yesterday for the n- uh, for a new Gore Verbinski movie, which is his first movie since Pirates of the Caribbean, called A Cure for Wellness. Is that who that is? Yes. Wow, I had no idea because that looked really good. And Pirates of the Caribbean looks... Mm, like so I'm not interested. It's <laughs> it, I just read the synopsis before. It's it's based. It's a basically a German. Yeah. It's a German horror film. So you know it's going to be fucking awful <laughs> to those people. Well, weird, yeah. It's yeah. going to be strange. It's going to be very strange. It takes place in a castle, um, in in, the, in an insane asylum or a, or a mental. Uh, it looks like it's a mental health institution of some sort. So looking at that, I'm like visually stunning. I'm in as well. I just want to know what's going on there. I wish my name was Gore Ver- Ver- Verbinski. Gore Verbinski. That's like such a great name. My name is Gore Verbinski. I love it. Hi, yeah. my name is Gore Verbinski. I, that's why I, st- I, you know, because we're fast forwarding and I'm, I, st- I was like, wait, what's going on here? We need to rewatch this. So then, it, you know, I rewound it back to so we could actually watch the trailer. It just looked visually stunning. Like it looked gorgeous, like some kind of surrealist painting come to life. And I'm like, ah, sign me up. I really want to watch that. So I'm glad that you uh, brought that up because it was really, yes. it was really cool. Um, I'm kind of interested in this James McAvoy new movie, Split. I yes. guess he plays a man with 23 different personalities. And I bring this is, you know, I want to bring this up because, um, of you know, we're talking about Psycho today, which obviously is also about a man with split personalities. Um, although we don't say that. We say dissociative identity disorder. Yes. Being go a responsible watch mental health worker right now. Go watch United States of Terra. Yes. Oh my God. That show's so good. Uh, I'm really interested in that. It's like he's got 23 personalities and he like kidnaps three women and then like his different personalities interact with these three women in different ways. It looks really interesting and really creepy. I am, of course, afraid that it's going to like further stigmatize like people with mental illness uh, or people uh, struggling with mental illness because here's here's my responsible PSA. I am in the mental health field. I really want a master's in social work. I want to be a therapist. People with mental illnesses, people struggling with mental illnesses are far more likely to be victims than they are to be perpetrators of crimes. Hollywood is very irresponsible. Obviously, we're doing all this like horror stuff. It relishes in, you know, victim or or in villainizing people with mental illness. And um, so I do think it's probably going to be a really irresponsible and terrible like look at, you know, DID. But I really still want to see it. So the only thing that's turning me off about it is that it's directed and written by M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I mean, I love The Sixth Sense, and I actually really love The Village too. Never but seen I mean, it. Sigourney Weaver was in it, so I saw The Village, didn't see Sixth Sense. Yeah, but, but like, so I, th- he was really good. But then he just kind of became no- it's gimmicky. He becomes known for like doing a twist, a gimmicky kind of thing, and I felt like it kind of painted him in a box for a decade. And I, I'm I'm hoping that the movie will be cool and fun and you know, creepy and weird. Like, I, I really do hope that it'll be a good film. Um, I hope it's a film and not a movie. Uh, but I... Oh, sorry, y'all. There was, like, a fly in the room. I was so afraid the cats were, like, going to, like, attack the computer and start acting crazy. So we had to take a little break and uh, try to catch the fly, which we did not. We were totally unsuccessful. We suck. Anyways. So, so if, <laughs> if you hear a crash, it's because Lilium right. has leapt from... Has <sighs> leapt from a height. 
So moving moving forward. So anyway, yeah, split. So everybody see those movies. Uh, tell us what you think when you go and see them. Actually, it'll be in February, so I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it then. Anyways, last but not least, I would like to give a little shout out. I have been – Joe is getting me, like, hooked to all these, like, podcasts. I Sorry, fucking love I'm podcasts. Adjusting, I'm adjusting the microphone. I subscribe um, to, like, 15 different podcasts. I know, and I'm, like, at 10 right now, and it's just, like, I, I cannot keep listening to all these people, like, talking. Uh, but I love it. So, And I ride a bike every day, and I'm on the bus a lot, so it's, like, I, I love to, like, listen to people, uh, you know, talk. Anyway, so I have been obsessing over your My Favorite Murder podcast. Yes. My Favorite Murder with... Uh, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hard Stark. Karen and Georgia. I feel like they're like my new best friends. I love them so much. I just, they record in like LA and we're in San Diego. So I really feel like we can make this happen, girls. Guys, like, we can meet up in Tustin. Women, you're amazing. We'll meet up at the Irvine Spectrum Center. Please. And can, we, can I just so want to come on their show and talk about stuff. I'm not sure if they've done the Cleveland Torso Murder. I would love to get on there and talk about that. Um, I would love to go on and talk about, I mean, just some really horrible stuff, but anyways, so I just wanted to shout out to them cause I really am enjoying their podcast and I watched, they did, or, um, listened, <laughs> I'm li- listening to their podcast. I, uh, just listened to their episode about the John Benet Ramsey. They were responding to the CBS like yes. docu-series and like some other one. And I loved it because I too, um, I agreed with them and that I think the brother did it. Burke. Burke. And now we're going to get sued, but that's okay because, uh, you know, he can have my Funko Pops, I guess. But anyways, I think that it was an a- – I think he accidentally may have killed her and, like, the family worked together to cover it up. I've I've thought that for a long time. I've talked to other friends about that. I've kind of shared that with people. It's sad, you know, because, I mean, he's just, a, like, a little kid. Um, but I remember fighting with my siblings, and there's plenty of times where we could have probably accidentally killed, <laughs> you know, one of <laughs> each other just because of how, you know, violent, you know, kids can be. Uh-huh. Um, Especially when you grow up watching a lot of horror films, you know. Um, actually, one of my bro- my brother Jason once hit me in the head with a. Um, this is going to explain so much for people. Um, the like the f- like the wrong end like of a machete. He had Holy picked shit. it up and smacked me in the head with it and left a big welt. He didn't not with the, like the. Is it like because flat- his name's Jason? I know, right? Well, it's like maniac cop or something. I don't know, but anyways, he hit me like an head with it when we were like kids. And left like this huge like welt, you know. Oh so it's God. like, I, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, so you know, kids do really. So what you're saying is you have head trauma. I do. I have head trauma, but Uh-oh. I'm not. I'm really not interested in killing people. Karen, Georgia, he has head trauma. Right. Exactly. See, that's another reason I need to be on their show to talk about it. But anyways, so I was just felt really vindicated. I was like, yes, I also think it was the brother, you know, <laughs> even though this docu series like said the same thing. But anyways, I had said, you know, I've said that. Um, before, not, I mean, whatever. Not that. Oh, I said that before, but you no. Know, my <laughs> point is, you I said just, it before. It was cool. I just felt so like I felt such communion with I, them. I'm like, yes, yes. You were probably sitting there like vindicated, just like I. Yes, I was on the bus with nobody to share it with. Nobody to be like John Benet was killed by her brother. Yeah, poor you know, families. That didn't happen. <laughs> just poor families. Like, why is this man talking about Jean Benet yeah. to himself? Anyways, so I did just want to throw that out Any, and, uh, and and just say that I really do love their podcast. So y'all go and listen to it, My Favorite Murder, because it's great. And tell them, and tweet at hilarious. them, get them to come on yes. the show. Or no, get, get them to invite us on their show. Oh, that would be awesome. Or at least me. Screw Joe. He doesn't know anything about murder. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I'm kidding. That's I don't no, know anything You would have to yet. come too, of course. Anyways, thank you for listening to all of that, all of that nonsense talk. 
Go out and, you know, be horrified tonight by something that we talked about. On to the main topic today. A man, a shower, and his mama. Yes. The 1960 seminal classic by Alfred Hitchcock. Psycho. Psycho. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so excited that we're talking about this movie because it's uh, time to talk about it because, you know, we're doing this in uh, chronological order anyway. (laughs) So we're to 1960. (laughs) Uh, Joe, what did you think of Psycho? Psycho. Oh, my God. So Psycho, I thought. Of the films that we've seen so far, and we've only seen two plus this one, so three, <laughs> um, it is it's very good. I like it. Hitchcock was he is a master definitely of suspense. That man knows how to tell a story. Yeah. Kept me guessing. I was uh, my attention was held, which <laughs> it seems to be the issue that's coming up with these with these fil- with these yeah. Older I films. think with these first few films, they you know it's because we're so inundated, the, you know, by uh, or uh, not in, inundated, we're jaded. Like, yeah, jaded, brainwashed, you know, by, like, glitz and glamour and, like, CGI and stuff. So, you know, finding, like, you know, a classic film, you know, that was made in the 30s or the 40s, you know, to be engaging is difficult, uh, I I think, you know, even, yeah, I get that. <laughs> and, like, I know, so, like, I knew, I knew, like, Marion Crane, right? Marion mm-hmm. Crane, I knew she died. <laughs> I know she dies. But at the same time, like, I don't know how or why are the circumstan- or circumstances when we watched it. When we watched it, was that the first time you, s- you had seen Psycho? Oh, yeah. Okay, very cool. So context for the listener. Yeah. We had um, last year? Was it last year? Probably. Was it earlier this year? I can't remember because it feels like it was. It was last year. Yeah, it might have been last year. So we we had um, occasionally Joshua and I will throw cosh- throw our cares away and have a carefree day of movie watching. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's uh, movie musicals. Yeah, we did the musicals. We did the horror musicals. We did horror musicals, yeah. and um, this particular day was all Hitchcock films. Yeah. So we watched Psycho. We watched North by Northwest, uh, and we. Um, I was the first time I had seen either of those movies. I like the idea of Hitchcock, like intellectually as an auteur, as a person who is influential for film, but I had not actually really seen any of his movies. So we s- took an afternoon and we watched Psycho, and that was the first time I'd ever seen it. And like obviously I like know I know the shower scene, I know how like right. iconic that is, but I had no idea when it was coming or like what the context was. So the whole time, like I'm the kind of person where you can tell me a spoiler. I'll still go watch the movie because I'd love to see how the dots get connected to get to that point. So yeah, Marion Crane dies, um, essentially killed by, by, uh, you know, Mrs. Bates, mother Bates, mother Bates, but (laughs) like, I wanted to know how that even got there. And I didn't even know, I didn't even know that um, Norman ends up being um, his mother. Oh, the twist. The twist. Oh, so you didn't even know what I didn't even know that yeah, that see? twist was there. That is so awesome. I love that. You know, that's, that's what this is about, y'all. See, yeah. it's not about all this, you know, this cerebral talk about film. It's just so, so much fun to see you experience films that, like, I have loved and that I'm sure some of our listeners have loved for years and have seen a million times. And it's just, I don't know, it's so cool. (laughs) I just love it. (laughs) 
I'm I'm all, and I love that you love it so much because you know you're basically relishing in my like anguish and torture. <laughs> well, not yet. Once, yeah. Well, well, one, we're gonna get bit. there. Yeah, we'll we're get gonna there get once, there. You know, once we get to song. But yeah, so those were my initial impressions of yeah. Psycho, which is why there's no video this week of me and my first impression. Impre- right. uh, because uh, we did watch it already, but I did go back and look at clips and reread everything. You know did like my due diligence and my homework. So yes, I've read the book, but I did go back and skim again. So I'm ready for the quiz job. All right. <laughs> Actually, speaking of that, uh, maybe some people might not know that psycho is based on a book um, by Robert uh, block. I think his name is hold on one second. I have it right here in front of me. Uh, there it is. Folks. If he says it's based on a book, he probably has the book. I do right in front of me. Uh, yeah. Robert block. B-L-O-C-K-H, sorry, B-L-O-C-H, uh, Psycho, yeah, which is, it, it's very interesting, and it's different, too, because, like, the uh, the film version of, you know, I mean, they use Anthony Perkins, who, you know, is quite, you know, cute, he's charming, you know, yeah. he looks, you know, nice, the, it, um, in the book, though, he's a little creepier, you know, he's kind of, like, overweight and pudgy and sort of, like, a creepy dude, like, you just get a really creepy vibe from him, Yeah. whereas in Psycho, it's kind of, which I think it's kind of, um, sort of the point of Psycho is like you know it starts out with, or or not starts out with, but but by, by the time Marion gets the hotel uh, gets to the motel and like meets him, he just seems very charming and hey you know have dinner with me and hang out you know I'm just you know I'm alone here with my mom I take care of her it'd be nice to have some company like he just seems like a nice charming guy he's very charismatic exactly yeah you know and that's kind of I think what Psycho did in in, in 1960. Because Alfred Hitchcock wasn't known for making horror films. Yeah, he was known for doing suspenseful things and, and all of that. And, of course, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, like, the, the TV show and all was full of suspense. And he had, you know, the magazine with, like, you know, stories and all that, which I used – oh, my gosh, that – that reminds me. I, I wish I still had them, but ye- for years I had like classic, like from like the 40s and 50s, like Alfred Hitchcock's like magazines. Oh, wow. Yeah, these little like. Do I still have some up on the, my shelf here, actually? Uh, I should have looked before, but somewhere. Somewhere over here, there's, like, a book from, like, the, you know, the 50s or something that was, like, a collection. It was, like, um, Alfred Hitchcock's, like, 13 Chilling Tales. But I had a bunch of those magazines. I love to read them. Uh, but he wasn't known for making horror films. So when Psycho came out, I think a lot of people went to the theater, you know, thinking, you know, like, the trailers and all had featured, like, you know, the woman playing uh, Marion Crane. Her name is escaping me, and that's embarrassing. Isn't Janet Lee? Duh, Janet Lee. Like, I'm a fucking idiot. Jamie Lee uh, Curtis's mom. Yes, that's true. You're right. Uh, the original Scream Queen. Yeah, that, that was embarrassing. I'm really sorry for that. Anyways, uh, yeah, Janet Lee. You know, so people, I think, went thinking, like, you know, she was the star of, of this film. And, you know, that it, you know, wasn't going to be what it was. You know, and she's, like, murdered within the first, like, 15, 20 minutes of the movie. Uh, and it totally, like, takes a left turn, you know? You think it's a woman that's, like, stolen a bunch of money and she's escaping to be with her husband and, like that, or her lover, and that's going to be sort of, like, what the story is. And then she runs into Norman Bates, who, you know, stabs her to death. You know, so it's kind of like... Uh, um, We'll talk about this. Scream does this as well, you know, which with uh, Drew Barrymore. With, with Drew Barrymore, yeah. 
Um, which again, like you're like kind of spoiled culturally on that. I'm just yes, because I am so, very spoiled. Culturally. But you haven't seen it. But the same thing, like I mean, she was featured very prominently in the advertising. You know, uh, Drew Barrymore and and Janet Lee. Um, you know, so it, it's it kind of really messes with yeah. your head when they're like dead a young within. blonde with short hair. Right. It's very like there's lots of parallels, and she was just yeah really featured heavily in the advertising. And you go and. Like, that's the film that plays as Psycho, you know, about a guy who, like, dresses up his mother and kills people. I mean, it just had to – it was so radical, I think, for that time for people. So I don't think – you know, Psycho didn't get a great response. Like, a, a lot of people were really upset. You know, there's a lot of, like, really negative view, uh, reviews of the film calling it vile and disgusting and, like, the worst thing. And I think there's, like, an anecdote, you know, of somebody quitting, like, working at The Observer – over it like they weren't gonna like write about it they're like this is ridiculous you know um yeah so it was just kind of really uh attacked by like contemporary audiences of course now we think of it as you know a classic and a and it laid the foundation i mean so many people were inspired by it you know wes craven and um john carpenter yeah john carpenter jonathan um is it demi or dem who did Silence of the Lambs. He directed Silence of the Lambs. D-E-M-M-E. I never know how you say his last name. I want to say it's Dem. Is it Dem? Anyways. So, I mean, you know, it's gone on to be really kind of inspiring to people. But I think, you know, contemporary audiences that went to see it um, were really horrified by it. It it really challenged. And that whole, like, the making of it and the response, that whole all kind of plays out in the movie Hitchcock with Anthony um, Hopkins playing Hitchcock Mm. and then... um, you have uh, Helen Mirren, God love her, Helen Mirren as his wife, and oh, um, yeah. Scarlett Johansson as Janet Lee. Oh wow! Yeah. So like, I think because I've not seen I've not seen that movie either, but like, well, I've not seen the. Le- I, let me rephrase that. It was on a plane <laughs> when I was <laughs> when I was traveling on a long flight, and I caught a little bit of it and then fell asleep. But from what I gather is that there's they sh- they talk about the process of shooting it and his obsession, you know. Hitchcock's obsession with the wimp with you know the certain women and then yeah he was real yeah he was a creep. little yeah um and then if anyone just li- yeah so and then talking about um talking about like the response afterwards and how it was like this limited release and people weren't going to show the the movie and everything so yeah but I, I think that um it was definitely one of those moments where we like look back on it and it's like wow he was really ahead of his time he was not appreciated it and then it just mm-hmm. takes this such a pivot because right before I think before Psycho is North uh, by Northwest, North by Northwest yeah. which yeah. is this like well he had directed forty six films before Psycho yeah, yeah. wow I mean, he was very prolific and but not within this kind of genre so I think it really people r- had a lot of respect for him and I think that was another thing the commentary at the time it was like what the hell is Alfred Hitchcock doing making a film like this this is h- horrible it's horrifying it's it's gross. It's very disturbing. You know, I think people really felt violated by it, you know, which I think is the point, you know? Yeah. It peels back kind of, you know, this look at like suburban life of, of happy hometowns of ha- of houses, you know, of a, you know, charismatic boy. And, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Boy next door is murdering people and, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or has his mother, you know, mummified in his basement. You know, it's very, I just think it really kind of shocked people. And yeah. you're right. There, I mean, um, the author, Robert Block, of the book, um, there's a quote from him saying that Paramount absolutely didn't want to make it. They didn't like the title. 
uh, the story or anything about it at all. And I think even w- by the time, because Alfred Hitchcock was just kind of like, well, I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to make this movie. Um, and despite having, like, I mean, North by Northwest was successful. All the films that came before it were very successful. They still, from what I understand, they gave it a tiny budget, um, $800,000, uh, compared to the $3.3 million that North by Northwest had. And they didn't let him use the Paramount lot for filming. Uh, so he just was like, whatever I'm going to do. Um, what did he, he used universal studios? It says production facilities. Oh yeah. And much of the crew from yeah. the television show to make it quickly and cheaply without, you know, I, I think that's, that's kind why of it's in black and white. That's why, but because yeah, on the universe, like back in the day, the universal studios t- studio lot tour featured the motel, the Bates motel, oh, like on the so lot. Cool. I remember like, oh, that's like Norman Bates. And did they lose? Th- was Did that burn down or something? I don't know. It might not be a part of the tour anymore. Oh, okay. Because they've, they've changed the tour. It's a little bit more like like interactive and like current. But oh, I, okay. I, So I don't think it's there. I thought something happened to it. I don't know. People can, people can tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, tweet at us. Let us know. Yeah. So you're you're coming in a time where, you know, we're coming out of the 50s. This whole idealized sort of like suburban life is starting to be built where, where suddenly we have all these appliances at home and people are um, <laughs> that seems like such a random kind of thing. But, you know, like technology was advancing and changing the way that we lived our lives and we were coming you know, even though we were advancing a lot as a culture, you know, we ha- suddenly we had TV, we had the magic box, you know, in the home, and we had, um, you know, just, every, it just so much was changing, but it was also really isolating us. You know, we, like it was people were able to live very isolated lives all of a sudden in their homes, you know. So I, I think that Psycho plays on that kind of dynamic of, of, you know, this nice suburban perfect life being a major illusion and really dark, horrible things happen behind the closed doors of those happy homes. And I think that, that, that contemporary audiences were just kind of horrified by that kind of thought, you know, it just kind of peeled that back and like, you know, psycho is it it, by, it's like a violation of, (laughs) of, you know, what, what it kind of, what it sets up. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's, it's definitely, I definitely feel like you have you have this these moments of he's you know when you're telling the story you're you're building so much trust like okay we know Janet Lee's in it she's in her bra <laughs> she's in right. her bra in the in the yeah they show a toilet like flushing in the film that was like shocking yeah. at the time that that never happened because before. you know no one poos or pees apparently but apparently. so you know and then you see them kind of like um, in the afterglow like when she's in her bra like they're in the afterglow mm-hmm. glow plotting this like heinous the plotting this crime and how she's gonna basically rip these people off and the moment the moment you know, and then you get to like norman who's this guy it's like oh here's this charismatic guy in contrast to like who supposedly has no secrets in contrast mm-hmm. to janet lee's character marion crane who like is you know, like running from the laws on the lamb right. and, and yeah. all this stuff and then the moment where I was reading something. It's like the moment she decides to like, she's going to go back and give the money, uh, give the money back to them um, is she goes to the shower to kind of like, you know, wash, wash her sins, wash, wash all of those negative, bad thoughts away. And that's the moment where she receives her like comeuppance from Norma's mother, um, like so early in the movie. And I remember just like being, I remember like the scene happened and I was shocked by it because, you know, it's the scene. And then I just remember like everything afterwards and it's just silence and score <laughs> and 
him getting rid of the body. Mm-hmm. The money is just going like he's throwing it away, not even taking like he's just like, oh, I'm yeah, the money. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, um, you know, you bring that up. We were talking before we started recording about this idea of a MacGuffin. MacGuffin. Which I guess MacGuffin. Is, which is a, like a film term. Yeah. So Hitchcock, Hitchcock is always like he, I just go back to him. He gave this interview where he's talking about what a MacGuffin is and he has that really, you know, thick, it, like, like MacGuffin, a MacGuffin. I just, MacGuffin. every time I hear it, it's this MacGuffin. And so when you're talking about a MacGuffin, a MacGuffin is. I, I always m- I always describe it as like a red herring, but it's not. Basically, um, the definition that I'm going to use is it's a plot device um, in the form of uh, some other goal, desired object, or other motivator that the protagonist pursues, often with little or no narrative explanation. So in this instance, the protagonist we're led to believe is Marion Crane, and it's the money. And now we're thinking that we're going to watch this woman like struggle with her guilt and everything. Then all of a sudden, out of left field, she dies. Right. <laughs> and then that's it. And then, you know, and then all, all, and, and that's all of it. Um, yeah, and the money is completely irrelevant. Like, that has nothing to do with the, the major plot. Because, I mean, he even yeah. doesn't keep it. He, like, throws it in with the body, doesn't in the car, yeah. and pushes it all into, like, the weird swamp thing that just is on the property yeah. of the <laughs> motel. And then you have, like, I was reading another thing where it says that um, a MacGuffin, another example of like a MacGuffin is R2-D2 in uh, Star Wars, the original Star Wars. Oh, like yeah? in, If you talk about, if you think about it in this sense, it's like uh, we're looking for this droid. Like it's the, the R2-D2 is the MacGuffin in the sense that he's the one who's kind of propelling this plot because he's holding this message for this particular person. The entire empire is out looking for him when really what it's about is he's a way for us to a meet Luke Skywalker and then from Luke to join the rebellion. Cause then R2D2 becomes kind of inconsequential once the message, once the, once the messages are hooked and then it's all about, then it propels the plot forward after that, but it's not the main, you're not focused on R2 the rest of the time after you meet Obi-Wan Kenobi. So it, it I think that's like a very kind of like stretched out example of like, a, of what a MacGuffin okay. is. But I mean, but the point is that it distracts from it's what a distraction. Yeah, yeah. It, it helps propel the plot forward in a particular way, but it, it is not the what it may seem the focus at that time, but it is not necessarily hmm. the focus forever of the movie. Look at that. You just turned it around. Um, you were schooling me. Maltese Falcon. A lot it. of people say the Maltese Falcon itself is the is a MacGuffin because it's not um it's like it's what propels the plot, but like really, it's not really about what the Maltese Falcon is about. I've also mm. never seen the Maltese Falcon, but I've read a lot of film shit, so so <laughs> there it is, y'all. Uh, now you do sound like a teacher. Yes, <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just making this up. Yeah, like, I haven't seen it, but I've read it now. I'm here to collect a check, right? We, but we don't collect any but yeah, checks. We're guys. not getting any checks from here. So don't you know? Don't we have nothing? Don't don't ta- don't come after us. So. But yeah, so uh, when it comes to Psycho, I th- I, it's interesting that historical context and um, the idea that people were betrayed by it. <laughs> like I, yeah. I was just like, that's what he's known for. Like he is known for being this like master of suspense, Psycho, Rear Window, Vertigo, yeah. The Birds. Um, it's I can't even imagine, like I can't even imagine what his career was like before that. And he's it's just so. It's so emblematic of when you think Hitchcock, that's like the first the first three things that you think about. 
are like these kind of suspenseful things. I also am f- a little bit familiar with, uh, I remember as a kid watching Nick at Night and watching like reruns of um, Alfred Hitchcock uh, Presents and you know, da 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 da, like all of that, you know, stepping into the thing. Yeah, I love that. But yeah. But anyway, moving, moving, Asia Palante, moving. Sorry, to bring it, you got to be, you know, gay about it, so. Right. Um, yeah. So anyway, so just so much was, like, changing in American culture. And, you know, we were just kind of finding ourselves in a really interesting time, you know, in the way that, like, men's and women's roles, again, were, like, having to change. And there's a lot of, um, like, status, I feel. Like, suburbia kind of created this sort of, like, you know, we have television kind of telling us how to be. You have I Love Lucy on, you have Ozzy and Harriet, you know, you have these... Sh- television shows that are like this is how like life should always be this perfect and happy and you know all problems are solved in 30 minutes you know the you know father knows best and mother you know does this and that you know there's social mores exactly we're just so particularly like really structured by television and so you come into a film that you know really shatters all of that and i don't know i just i think it's very i think it's a very um i would love to be able to go back to 1960 and see that response, you yeah. Know? And because even watching Psycho now, it's really not all that, you know, shocking, especially given what comes after it, you know. But then I, I don't know. I think it'd be really cool to to kind of to to feel that change, yeah. you know. Because I really, I still don't feel like I, you know, I, because of these movies have come before. I mean, Psycho is, I mean, it's like it just birthed like so many other films. It create. I mean, there was just tons of like rehashes of it and and it's influenced tons of like directors like you we were talking about earlier it, it, it's influenced so many movies there are so many scenes from it that have been recreated yeah. and other things it just it just changed so again we're back to this like conversation about you know we could just stick a pin in psycho and go right here in 1960 horror just leapt forward and everything that came after psycho owes it a debt you know yeah. o- o- owes that owes psycho you know a thank you and to experience that, I think it would be really interesting. I would. I wish I could go, like, just, you know, feel like that. Like, watch it for the very first time in 1960. Not watching it for the very first time in, like, the 90s where I'd already seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre or, 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 or you know, which actually isn't. That's probably not a really good example of. Do you. So let me ask you this. So yeah. we're. T- so the whole. This whole semester, as we're calling it, is is every single film is a propelling is it propels us forward every single film is and they each owe each other something and they each you know they're all it may be um it may be something that is uh, a product or is referential of another of another one that came before it but it's all moments in time moments in american film history where the genre was moved forward or someone did something differently and and you can kind of trace it back to that do yeah. you, so my question to you is, do you feel, this is our discussion portion, my question of you to you is, do you feel that we are read, we are like overdue for another moment like that? Or do you feel that we're not going to, you're not going to see that for a while? Like, do you feel like we're on the cusp of something like that? Or do you feel, because I think the last film that we watched is Saw, and like, that was like, as we determined, that was the last time that it moved forward that at least for me i i feel like saw you know kind of kicked that off i don't know i feel like we have to kind of reverse now like i just think that we've seen everything like i mean i've seen films where p- 
people are like skinned alive on screen. You know what I mean? I have seen a movie called a Serbian film, which I really don't recommend anybody watch. Um, and I don't say that about a lot of movies, but it's very disturbing. It's very messed up. Um, it has a scene involving an infant that is really horrifying. Um, so now everybody's going to go out and like try to watch it. But anyways, a Serbian film. You know, I, it's like I feel like we've pushed it like as far as you can possibly go with films like that. So I feel like we're almost like if somebody's going to rebirth the genre, it's almost like we're going to go backwards, you know, with some with more. Um, well, I mean, television is kind of doing that in a way like we're but even that like, I mean, you know, like an American Horror Story like that, the face being smashed in. That's not that shocking to me. You know, but seeing it on television is, yeah. you know, seeing it on on a television network that's pretty easy to access, you know, um, yeah. it's not on ABC yet, but I feel like maybe one day it will be. But that's how I felt with Hannibal on NBC. Well, that's true. Because yeah. like Hannibal was gorgeous. And yeah. I watched, so I watched Hannibal. That's true. And it had some really gory graphics. It had some really graphic things. What time did that air? Um, Do you know at least like ten o'clock? Okay, we'll see that. Okay, well there you go. If it was airing at eight o'clock, I'd say, well there you go. There's like the next step forward yeah. that we've just totally become desensitized. Yeah, but like supernatural, right? So like supernatural, I I think I think I'm I think I'm with you there. I think we're in this. Everyone keeps saying, and it's like we're experiencing this this interesting and golden age of television where television is doing things that it's never done before, and yeah. people are exploring the medium and and taking time. Like they are, you we're television is being made right now with the intention that you are going to binge. So like you have like Netflix shows and all that stuff mm -hmm. like that. No more. Um, um, they said this on pop rocket, shout out to pop rocket. They, they said this to that. Um, when you're talking about like shows like, or just a new black or, or um, house of cards, they don't have to limit themselves to commercial breaks or act breaks. They can take their time with telling the story all right. the way right up until yep. two minutes before it ends. And then boom, you know, something something uh, awful or something interesting happens. So they're not limited with these ad breaks in the way that, like, you know, if you're watching an hour-long scripted drama, you know that there's going to be, like, five commercials, and then, like, right at around, like, 10.50, things are going to – things need to start wrapping up, or you know it's going to be a to-be-continued. So it's it's taking the predictability out of, out of it, and I think that by changing the way that the medium is being – the medium is being shown, like changing yeah. the way the tr of the transmission, if you will. They are they're doing the transmission. <laughs> the, they're changing the transmission. They're do. It sounds so hetero. Changing. Tra I I know nothing about cards. Uh, changing the transmission. <laughs> you you are able to uh, explore the genre in new and different ways and create more shock value because like now oh it's like exactly what you said oh this is being this is now being shown to me on television as opposed right. to being like a movie that I have to pay like $12 for to see at like 7 p.m. on a Friday. Right, exactly. Or is rated a certain, you know, because it was like so many people have access, you know, to like, you know, because even when I was growing up, like it was pretty hard to have cable if you were poor. Nowadays, I feel like people have more options with like Netflix and, uh, and Hulu and stuff like that so they can get access to, 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 to these kinds of things like easier. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like, or or even cable, like I mean, it's it's not as expensive. I guess maybe maybe it is, but it doesn't feel like it's probably as expensive as as it, it used to feel. So people can kind of you know yeah. watch. It's easy for kids to like see something yeah. extremely graphic, um, which you know in the past you would have had to have your parents rent it or 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 paid for you to go to a movie. So I don't know. I feel like maybe that's where 
you know, horror is going to continue to evolve. But, um, yeah, what were you going to say? Oh, no, nothing. Okay. I'm, I'm just looking at the clock. Because oh. we have so much to talk about. <laughs> we do, we do. This is a long one because we're really excited, guys. Yeah, like there we is. There's we a were lot. preparing like we were about to do this live. It's true. There was a lot to talk about with Psycho. And the problem is, is we're not even going to be, I mean, you know, we're not even going to be able to touch Psycho. Because I do want to come back and discuss Psycho in, 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 in another angle. Today, you know, like a lot of the a lot of these films, again, for our listeners, love you all. I'm just, I just, I can't give you all enough love because you're listening to us talk about stuff we love uh <laughs> anyways this is just sort of laying the groundwork we're just talking about stuff and i do hope to come back and revisit these films from different angles especially psycho from like a gender angle i want to talk about moms and i want to talk about you know the the queerness of of anthony perkins i was gonna say the the obvious like yeah. it, i i when i watched it i knew nothing about anthony perkins but yeah. i'm just like there is a queerness about him and, and his portrayal of norman yeah and then to find out like yeah not, yeah he was like a queer individual who you know had affairs with men and then was also married to a woman and had like a had like a kid like yeah it, it's, it's it's fascinating it's fascinating yeah. how that just kind of permeates I just you know we just don't have uh, you know enough time to talk about it in this episode probably you know but I mean, I don't know. We could make time and just talk for the next five hours, but I don't think you're going to. I don't think you, oh, no. listener, are going to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. But but no, but the, um, but anyway, just to kind of go back a little bit, um, you know, it is it's a great film. Obviously, it has that iconic shower scene. Um, what to say about that? I mean, it's the the thing, too, is Psycho, obviously, has been analyzed to death and there's plenty of things to, to say about it, but. I don't know. It's just still such a great moment yeah. in, in horror history. It is and a film. It is a film. And, you know, I just love some of this stuff. You know, there were like room, like, you know, so many different things. Rumors that the water was ice cold, even though Janet Lee has, you know, always said like, no, it was kept very warm. It took them uh, a week, like a week to shoot the shower scene mm-hmm. on, alone, you know? Well, I bet they had to make sure there was like no, n- like no nudity was very, you know, yeah, it was ba- they had to be so careful with it. And then I guess the like the stabbing sounds or a uh, what's that fruit called? A cassava being Ooh. stabbed. Yeah, they had them bring in like a ton of different fruits or vegetables and melons and mm-hmm. things and, you know, prac- you know, stab them to see like what I what love sound, cassava. Right. Yum. And now, you know, it's what's being stabbed. My mom makes a great cassava cake. Hi, mom. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Can she make me one? That sounds amazing. Cassava cake. Yeah, it's that. it's really good. It's very rich. Sounds delicious. Um, but anyways, I don't know why. I just wanted to kind of non sequitur. I mean, I just felt like we couldn't talk about Psycho without just talking about the amazingness of that scene. Yeah. It is creepy. It is weird. And I mean, it did like, I see, this is the other thing I f- fucking love about horror films is that it can take something that you never found creepy and make it extremely creepy. So Psycho, like, I mean, people probably did not think twice about getting into showers and then they saw psycho. And now, you know what I mean? If you go to like a motel or there are certain things like you experience that it immediately brings it to mind and you go, Ooh, I'm in the shower. Like if it's like creepy, you know, like all of a sudden, you know, <laughs> like, you know, like, um, Friday the 13th did that for hockey masks. Like, I, I don't think anybody thought a hockey mask yeah. was all that creepy. Or and then all camp. of a sudden it's imbued with yeah. like this thing, you know, staticky televisions you know that wasn't something that would scary and then all of a sudden poltergeist happens or the ring happens and suddenly it's this thing and if it happens in your home you you immediately think of that it takes something just so ordinary and imbues it with this like mystery and this 
you know, edge that it didn't have. And I just think that's really cool. And I just, I, I think Psycho's kind of cool that way. It's, I mean, you know, no matter if you've seen it or not, if you've actually sat down and watched the film, you know about the shower scene. And you you can hear those, vi- like a violin making that like high-pitched, like staccato sound. And immediately, you know, you think of Psycho. And I just, I don't know. I think there's something kind of magical about that and really, yeah, really cool. And just that we experience it all like together. We experience it all together. It's it's permeated the culture in such in such a way that it's become part of it's become part of us. Yeah, uh, it's like an identity. It's it's part of the uh, part of it's the identity. Yeah, I love it. Anyway, so um, I do feel like we have to talk. Okay, now this is moving into the my favorite murder section of this particular podcast. You can't talk about Psycho. Without talking about Mr. Eddie Gein, Edward Gein, Ed Gein, serial killer. I don't know. I think he only actually killed two people. I'm not sure that qualifies him for serial killer. Karen and Georgia, take tell us tell us what you think about Ed Gein. <laughs> Call us up. I have us on your show so you can tell us your tell us your thoughts. Yeah, I'm not sure if they do. Ca- I, I don't think he's really considered. Yeah, I think he's just a murderer and a body snatcher. So Joshua looked at me in such a way that like you're next. (laughs) (laughs) No, sorry. I'm happy to give him side eye because I'm also trying to look at a computer screen where I'm pulling my uh, my information from. Luckily, Joshua is so good at the side eye. Right. (laughs) Anyways. Yes. Edward Theodore Gein. Mad butcher. I don't know. I still think that's kind of, you know, I qualify. Anyways, point is. He, in the 50s, um, in 1950, oh, well, he was apprehended in 57. Anyway, so his mother, like, died, and he kept her body in his house, like, you know, or, or no, what happened? No, she was buried, he dug her up and brought her back and then lived with her for many years. Like, she died, when did she die? Oh, see, this is where I should have like made my little list of things. Um, I should have should have made my points. No, it's all right. We can just keep going. Sorry, y'all have to listen to my like rambling. Anyways, I don't remember. His mother died like sometime, and then he died. Oh well, actually, first his brother died under mysterious circumstances. The thought is is that Ed killed him. There was like a f- like a fire burning or something like a. Um, they were burning away. Um, I don't know what you call it, like trash, not trash, like uh, I don't like weeds or something on their property. Their okay. farm, they had a big farm. Okay, so okay. they had a big farmhouse, and the fire like got out of control, and the brother was like lost in it, but like very mysteriously, because I think they found him with a head injury or something, and it was kind of like, well, like he wasn't burned, so, but everybody thought that that you know. That's what ha- that's what that he had been burned or like he, you know, had something happen to him. But, you know, a lot of there's suspicion that Ed Gein actually, you know, killed him. So then it, uh, then later his mother died and he like dug her body up, brought him in the house, brought her in the house and just kept her there in a room. And then he would go to the. Oh, yeah. 1945. So that's what I was looking for. She died in 1945. He dug her up, brought her in the house. I've re- I'm repeating myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> and then he started like going back 
again and again to, and like digging up graves and like stealing like parts of things. He like skin corpses and he like stitched together like a bodysuit. Like Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh, that uh, I was going to get to that. Ed Gein not only inspired um, Psycho, uh, but he also inspired Leatherface and uh, from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, the, you know. So, yeah, he made like this suit so that he could like dance around in it. And he had like made face like masks out of like human like faces. So when he was caught, they found him. So what happened was um, a woman in town like the she worked for like the general store went missing. And they had he so I mean, poor Ed Gein was like messed up in the head anyways. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, obviously. But he so he like. They went to the store. She, they found that she was missing, and there was like a receipt there with like his name on it. Like he was clearly the last person there. So of course everybody like let's go out to the Gein farmhouse. They find her in the barn with her. Like I think her her she'd been decapitated and she was like eviscerated like a deer, like strung up like a deer. Oh God. Yeah, with like her insides like removed. There are photos you can look these up. Black and white photos from the fifties, from nineteen fifty seven. Um, anyways, and so then they went in the house and they found like all this stuff, like lampshades made of, you know, human skin, very, um, again, Hannibal. well, Hannibal, but and also American Horror Story, American Horror Story. Yep. Right there. Uh, the skull, like as bowls, you know, that was something that Ed Gein had. Uh, what else he had? Um, yeah. Skulls on his bedposts, uh, female skulls, some with the top sawn off, um, he had a corset made from a female torso that he had skinned from the shoulders to the waist. I'm pulling this off of Wikipedia totally, honestly. But, it, I mean, it, this is, this is like, you know, this is legit. You can find these things in. <laughs> these are facts, folks. Yeah, these are facts. Uh, he had nine. See, I don't. It's horrible. There's a lot of horrible things in here that he did. And he was just so, so, so messed up. And, yeah, and, I mean, he totally was like, yeah, you know, I did that. He had, you know, I don't know. What is it? This says, he, yeah, he created, like, a woman's suit, and he put it on, and he would, like, dance in it and under the moonlight. <laughs> it's, I know, you're looking at me like. I. <laughs> I it's was horrifying. It's horrifying. I'm not, I was not yeah. prepared. I mean, this happened in 1957 in freaking wisconsin this is where like georgia and karen are like Plain, oh god this is the best no. Plainfield, wisconsin i mean that's like such a great name for some man here to be digging up bodies and putting on their skin and murdering people i mean it's oh. just so messed up so anyway so you know that like really again here we go this like kind of cultural event it just astounded like the nation you know that sort of thing and you know yeah kind of laid the groundwork for psycho which i just think is really cool uh <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, that's very disturbing. Ed Gein, Eddie Gein. Uh, he died. He had. Uh, in, well, obviously he's dead. <laughs> but he died in. Let me see. What year was that? 1984, actually. Six the months. Year you were born. Six months before I was born. Uh, he had respiratory and heart failure, cancer, and all kinds of things. Um, he died in the uh, in a mental health institute. <sighs> I think his gravestone's been, like, stolen a whole bunch of times. I don't even think he has one anymore because it's, like, been graffitied and, you know. So 
saying that, I would like to say, because obviously, you know, I'm using colloquialism, saying he's messed up in the head, and it's very, that's very... Um, insensitive? Insensitive to I people struggling with... <laughs> you know, but I do want to say, like, you know, again, PSA, disclaimer, trying to be responsible mental health person, you know, they don't, we don't... People struggling usually aren't digging up bodies and killing people. You know, usually they, they need to get services. <laughs> and I, you know, I, the reason that I like Psycho and the reason that I really like horror films and the reason that I really like villains, I think is the same reason that, like, I, I seek to to be, like, in, in the field, in, in the mental health field, because I think that people, a lot of times the people that come in, you know, to our to our clinic, they're the villains in their life story. You know, there oh, are people yeah. who, you know, either their families are like, I just don't know what to do. You know, they do this or they do that. They, you know, they, they're causing me a lot of pain. You know, they're out, you know, they're out there, you know, s quote unquote, scaring people. Like, I, I think that we're very insensitive in our culture, obviously, towards people dealing with, you know, with mental health issues, especially people who are homeless or, you know, who are in the middle of the street talking to themselves or dancing, you know, that we, we just villainize people. And it's like they really need. They need help, and they, you know, they got there somehow. They were children at one point, and I think the same thing in, you know, when I like when, when I'm like into horror films, you know, or or I like villains and stories better because I'm like, well, where, how did they get there? What kind of a culture? What was it that Ed Gein went through in his life that made him do what he did? You know, not to forgive the crimes and taking another's life. There's zero, like, you know, absolutely no. Um, there's no excuse. There's, there's no excuse. There's no qualifying yeah. it or apologizing yeah, for it. Yeah, but regardless, we live in a, a sick society. And I think, you know, Psycho plays into that. It's saying that, you know, you all are, like, living in this, like, suburban delusion of, like, happiness. And these, like, really horrible things happen in the middle of in the middle of it. You know, there, you know, there's plenty of horrible sexual abuse and trauma that happens in, you know, quiet, happy suburbs. You know, and I think that's kind of like, you know, Ed Gein's story. That's, you know, so many other, you know, of, of killer stories you know, of abandonment, of neglect, of abuse. And so I don't know. I just kind of wanted to <laughs> quantify that a bit, you know, or, or, you know what I mean? Or talk a little bit about quantify. Yeah. That's not the right word. Qualify, maybe, you know, that, that while we're talking about people that with, you know, these illnesses, that's not always. Yeah. We're speaking, they, we're speaking colloquially. Right. We yeah. want to be responsible yeah. about how yeah. we're but saying But they should, it. you know, we, People with a lot of illnesses like that that we're discussing and, you know, are far more likely to be victims of crimes rather than, you know, I think we kind of talked about that a little earlier. But I just kind of wanted to reiterate because I really do want to be sensitive. But I am also I'm sick myself, I guess. I love to like wallow in these horrible crimes. I'm fascinated by human behavior. You know, that's I mean, I love horror because it's like, you know, what possesses people to do the things that they do and how did they get there? And, you know, so I, I kind of I just sort of think a about that a lot <laughs> i think it was shakespeare that said what a piece of work is man right exactly <laughs> or it could be from a musical i don't know uh, right so anyways yeah so i don't know and i think that a lot of our um a lot of our uh horror also stems from that uh, you know misunderstandings of, of mental illness you know i yeah. think that our the culture like we talked about aliens we talked about vampires we're going to talk about zombies you know you know werewolves things like that somewhere in history is a human suffering from something you know either a traumatic head injury 
that radically changed their behavior or, you know, just a, an illness that caused them to behave a certain way that created a mythology that now, you know, and I think it's kind of rooted in that. So it's like I really liked uh, I liked the idea today of talking about Psycho because, you know, it is a story of a man, you know, struggling clearly with like dissociative identity, you know, disorder. disorder. Yeah. Um, used to be multiple personality disorder, but we don't call it that anymore. Educa- uh, another educational moment. Now you know. Rainbow, whatever. Rainbow. Um, you know, it, it, it's a story about a human monster, and all of them are. You know, all of these stories, I think, are kind of rooted somewhere in that. You can trace it back and, f- yeah. and, and find that. Um, They're rooted in some sort of humanity, but like you were saying before we even started, the first two films are like the monster. The monster is not un- inhuman. Right. Not human, not of this world. And then yeah. you have this other film, which is where it explores like the first thing when you meet Norman Bates, you are automatically mm-hmm. taken by his humanity and his charis- charisma and yeah. how in- and how endearing he is to Marion Crane. Yeah. And then by he's the, the cute guy next door, he's a cute guy next door who wants to have dinner with you and takes care of his mom. Yeah. He so if you're so dating sweet. that guy, you know, approach with caution. Right. <laughs> I did want to before we wrap things up here, talk a little bit about Bates Motel because it kind of plays into what I was talking about. Yes. We yes. just got so serious all of a sudden. I really didn't mean to take it all that seriously, but I do. I just I do kind of want to. Yeah. I just wanted to kind of say that. Cause and I, I think I really, our listeners I, will appreciate that. Yeah, and when I work, you know, I see people every day who I do think. I, I just feel, you know, bad. Like, not bad. That's not the right thing to say either. But I just feel like, you know, man, you've just been really let down by the people in your life. But you're the bad guy because you're suffering. You know, that's really unfair. And I think that that's why I love Bates Motel, the TV show that they've done with Psycho, which is like a prequel series. Because you just see how tragic the whole thing is. Because I think it's easy. Like, Psycho... The movie, um, we can, you know, kind of look at, like, how it just villainizes the mother, you know, the woman. Like, she just, you know, messed her son up and, you know, yeah. and they are, like, have this weird, creepy They're, kind of She's overbearing. Right, yeah. yeah. This kind of demonization of, like, the mother figure, you know, which in, like, the 50s, you know, was such a thing. Like, this suburban housewife. That's kind of what the, you know, it's, like, commenting on, like women who are just trying to do everything they can to make their kids' lives well, you know. I, so so I just think that, you know, Bates Motel is awesome. Be, I think they do a great job because I think they, they do show, like, how hard it is when you, ha- when you love somebody who is struggling and you want to do everything that you can for them and you make a lot of major missteps, you know. And I just think the show does a really good job of, of portraying that relationship. It's very tragic, you know, to watch Norma. Like, she knows her son is sick. And she knows that he needs help and she just doesn't want the world to hurt him. And because of that, because of her love for him, it makes her make choices that are going to eventually lead not only to her own death, but the death of, you know, so many other people. And I just think that is so cool, like the way they do it on that show. I just I don't know. I really love it. So that's a big plug for um, Bates Motel, which is wrapping up its fifth season. I think the Um, last season's going to be coming. Yeah, the fifth. Sorry. It's going to wrap with the fifth season. And the the fifth season will be the plot of Psycho. It sounds like it because I'm I'm reading that Rihanna is going to play Marion Crane. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm really curious how that's going to how that's all going to unfold. But yeah, I like it. So all right. Well, that's ki- that's our talk on Psycho, at least for <laughs> for now. Like I said, I do kind of want to revisit it in the future and talk about some other cool details about Psycho. Um, yeah, so we gave you three episodes right up the front, and this is an extra long episode because we just couldn't wait, <laughs> and we we're just so excited about it. Um, it's a, it's a good film. 
it's it was nice coming into it and like being still being new to the new to the film but then also like having had time elapse from when we first saw it to now and like get more to even build that like appreciation so yeah i'm like i'm still i'm on this journey and i'm on this venture uh this adventure with you guys and and it, it's just it was really cool just having this really awesome conversation about it so yeah this well is a great class yes i'm glad that uh i'm glad that you enjoyed it and psycho really is a great is really a great film it, uh, especially in comparison to the the other two that we watch which i you know i'm not a huge fan of 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 those in, in the same way that i am of psycho so all right coming up on fright school next episode we do 1968's the night of the living dead and we're going to talk about zombies Zombie. i'm so excited and again we're kind of like with the thing i just really wanted to use that as an excuse to talk about aliens and i kind of just want to use the night of the living dead as a reason to talk about zombies because again i'm not a huge fan of the original night of the living dead i love everything that came after so i just can't wait to talk about zombies well, I'm going to say that when we record the next episode, the season premiere of the new season of The Walking Dead will have started. Will have started, yeah. so we can definitely talk about that. We can. And I am a huge fan of the television show Walking Dead. So, yeah. I will watch this show and watch the grand I watch this movie and I watch it and it's the granddaddy I know, but it's so exciting. I will spend a lot of time talking about Walking Dead probably. I love it. I'm a, we're going to talk about all kinds of things. And then coming after that, episode six, we will do The Exorcist. And we have a, actually a special surprise, or not surprise, but a little change in the format uh, for The Exorcist. And Joshua, you want to We'll talk about it. No, let's, we'll keep it a surprise for now. We're going to keep you in suspense. But it's going to be fun. We're going to have fun with The Exorcist. I'm excited. And then after We're that. We're going to get an old priest and a young priest to come do it It's going to be sexy. Uh, and then after that, we're going to do the Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode seven. So that's that's what's coming up on Fright School. I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, please follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on whatever we have out there. We haven't even built these things yet. Social meds. Uh, the social meds. Uh, please, please uh, follow us, like us, uh, retweet us, uh, what, subscribe. And if you end up going to anything that – or. Uh, consuming any of the horror culture that we said please make sure that when you are tweeting at them and commenting at them that you oh let them yes. know that we sent you absolutely and please tell us if you enjoyed any of the uh, any of the things that we recommend and rate us on itunes <laughs> yes do all of that i can't Yay. be the only one with homework guys rate us on itunes <laughs> right <laughs> so all right well thank you so much joe this was so much fun uh let's go let's go take a shower <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.